Hello, and welcome to The Business Advantage. I am Alicia Pennington, your host and owner of Advantage Athletic Training. Today, we're going to be discussing branding. Coming off the heels of National Athletic Training Month, I thought it would be a great time to discuss branding. We just spent an entire month spreading awareness and educating others on who we are and what we do. So let's continue those efforts in the branding of ourselves as professionals and sports medicine specialists. When I looked at the efforts that were happening during National Athletic Training Month, I thought to myself, wow, we've done a phenomenal job of creating a brand for athletic training. You know, we were all saying the same thing and fighting a united front. And really, that's what a brand is for. It creates a unified image and voice for one cause or company or organization. And so I thought, while we have this momentum going, let's roll it into brand recognition and awareness for athletic trainers. You know, traditionally, athletic trainers aren't very good at talking about ourselves. I think that we more enjoy staying kind of in the background and being able to work without the recognition. But what our greatest strengths are, are also our greatest weaknesses. And so while we enjoy not being in the limelight, we also don't get the necessary recognition that is deserved for what for what we do. And so part of branding ourselves is the identification of what is important to us as an individual but also as a profession. And you know, the NATA is doing a fantastic job of branding and that's something that we can really rally behind professionally. Um, You know, but on a more personal level, maybe there are things that we can rally behind personally, and it's a fight that you can uh, get behind a little bit more strongly than maybe a national organization is able to. And so for these reasons, it's important to not only have a brand that you liken yourself to on a bigger, more grand scale, but also one that you can carry with pride every day into your athletic training setting. I thought that if we could talk about branding and maybe how it differs from marketing, I could encourage some athletic trainers to think of themselves as a brand for the profession, because really that's what we are. We are an extension of what the larger image is. And so if we begin to think on a slightly more global scale, like we did during National Athletic Training Month, I think that we could start to see a shift in not only how we present ourselves, but also how we are seen and understood by the public and others. The idea of branding is a fantastic opportunity for each of us individual athletic trainers to take power into our own hands and create our own narrative of what athletic training means to us and looks like to us and how we practice it individually. Like I said, with NATA, they've done a great job of 
um, creating a image that most of us can stand behind. But every single day, we have our own individual settings and things that are important to us. So why not take that idea and define for ourselves what athletic training looks like to me and present that in our own setting? All right, so let's define what branding means. According to Wikipedia, branding is a name, term, design, symbol, or other feature that distinguishes one seller's product from those of the others. Branding is all around us, whether we recognize it or are consciously aware of it or not. And it, you know, branding really dates back for centuries. It's an ancient practice. Um, you may recognize it from farming, where ranchers used hot irons to burn their designation into their cattle or livestock. Um, you know, this was essentially to differentiate their animals from others when they congregated. Or uh, another example is um, when letters used to be written and sealed with like a hot wax and then stamped with the letter of that writer's unique identifier. Branding has been around for a really long time with most large companies utilizing it pretty heavily now. Um, you know, creating a recognizable brand can actually be profitable if it's deemed that that brand has value associated with just the name or the symbol. An example of this is like Disney. So just by saying Disney or just seeing the font that Disney uses, you automatically associate certain images or feelings or reactions to that. And so if somebody was doing a valuation of Disney, just that name, just that font would in its own have its, uh, have its own value outside of just the products or the theme parks that it produces. So Branding can be very, very valuable. Um, and so it actually is, it's different than marketing. It's actually sort of a subset of it. Marketing is sort of a catch-all term or an entire department, if you will, that uh, envelops all of the different efforts that are associated with a public's interaction with a company or an organization. So the brand is just kind of one subset of a company's entire marketing efforts. And so while it can be used for marketing, it itself is not the entirety of it. So again, going back to that idea of Disney, having that font is part of Disney's brand, but obviously that's not its entire efforts of marketing. We just know that that is associated with that brand. And whenever we see that, we automatically think of Disney. And so they've done a fantastic job of, of making those associations for us. But again, just seeing that font doesn't tell us everything that we need to know about Disney, nor does it capture all of the different marketing aspects that they're involved in. Let's look at some of the different components that go into branding. Generally speaking, branding can be a, a powerful identifier 
of a product or a service or an organization or a company. Um, you know, as we've already discussed Disney as an example, and I'll give you other examples of really strong brands a little bit later in the podcast. And you will start to understand how when simply the name is mentioned or the symbol is seen, that you have a naturally associated thought or feeling about that product. And if you are able to get to that place, that means that that company has done a fantastic job of not only making their brand identifiable and recognizable, but then also the association that they have created for you. In a way, this is can kind of be thought of as like the reputation of a company. You know, as soon as you see that Disney font, you start to think of fun and children and lightheartedness, um, you know, and, and those kinds of connotations, which is exactly what Disney wants you to think of them. If instead you saw that font and you started to think negatively, well, then Disney would have a lot of work to do in terms of reassociating their brand with things that they want the customer or the client to think of when they see it. And so with that, one of the most difficult aspects of developing a brand and brand recognition is knowing and understanding the audience. Because as important as it is to understand internally within a company or with you know within the um, organization kind of what you're doing and what your efforts are branding really is more about the consumer and how you want them to interact with what it is that you're doing or the image that you want them to conjure up when your brand or company is is present and so really, it's knowing what they are looking for and how to convey ourselves appropriately to them so that we are then creating an idea for them. Okay, I, I may have lost you there. Um, you know, perhaps you're thinking, what do I, as a high school athletic trainer, care about the customer or consumer or anything that you're talking about, Alicia? Well, in your case, the customer is the administration at your school or the parents that of the athletes that you're treating. And so what if their idea of an athletic trainer is someone who wears a white coat and has a stethoscope around their neck? Well, if that's the case, then you've got to do some work to understand where that idea came from on their part and how you in your setting actually differ from that image. Because if you don't take the time to understand what they have in mind about who an athletic trainer is and what they do and why you're there, then you're not going to be successful in their eyes, of course, and you know, regardless of how good of an athletic trainer you are, if you don't alter what their expectations are or change their mind about who an athletic trainer is based on that original image that they had, then you're going to continue to struggle in your setting. 
And so I don't want you to think as you're listening to this, that branding only applies to if you're a company or a business or or an organization, but really on every single individual interaction that you're having, you're shaping that person's understanding of who an athletic trainer is, what they do, how they present themselves. And in essence, you're creating the brand for them. And so you have a responsibility to understand how that person or those entities are perceiving you so that you can accurately kind of measure up to what it is that they're expecting. I think that we all understand expectations um, can create various situations where somebody feels let down or, um, you know, they're just not accurate in terms of the, the, the realness of the world, quite honestly. And so if you've done a phenomenal job of informing people that you are a healthcare practitioner and a sports medicine specialist. And as a result of that, the image, the image that they conjure up is a white coat and a stethoscope. You've just got a little bit more work to do to inform them that not every single healthcare practitioner wears a white coat and has a stethoscope around their neck, that athletic trainers work in a different kind of setting. And that just because we don't have a white coat or a stethoscope doesn't mean that we are any less valuable or that we're any less legitimate. We just have to help the next person understand what it is that we do and the setting that we work in and what that looks like and feels like for them and their interaction. You need to be able to make yourself relevant and valuable to the consumer. And branding does that by closing the gap between what in their mind costs money and what they perceive to be gaining from the money that they're going to have to spend. Branding is what helps them make that decision more quickly and more easily. Going back to that example of Disney, to an extent, regardless of what the price is for either a admission to a Disneyland park or maybe a Disney toy, we are willing to pay it to an extent, obviously. Um, And so we automatically associate Disney with a valuable brand that we're willing to pay a little bit more money for because of what they have done to demonstrate to us that they are valuable and worth paying more money for. For example, at their parks, they're really clean, it's friendly, you know, you kind of have like that Disney magic, you never really see what's happening behind the scenes. And so those are the things that innately we start to value in in an experience. And so for those reasons, we're willing to pay a little bit more money to go to a Disneyland park, or we're willing to pay a little bit more money for a Disneyland or a Disney toy you know, because we understand that this brand is valuable and it's worth spending a little bit more money for. We need to get to this same place as a profession. We need to be able to say, I'm an athletic trainer. And for whoever it is that we're speaking to, to automatically conjure up all of those 
associated thoughts and feelings of safety and security and well-being and accessible and affordable and necessary. We need to do that for ourselves as a profession. We need people to understand the brand of athletic training so that as soon as we say, I am an athletic trainer, they automatically understand who we are, what we do, and what we can bring to them in terms of a value perspective. And once we get to that point, this idea of pay and making sure that we are compensated properly, it will go away. But we won't get there until we've done a thorough job of branding ourselves appropriately. Advantage has teamed up with SoCal Youth Rugby to provide athletic trainers at all matches from Orange County to San Luis Obispo. If you are in Orange County, Los Angeles County, San Bernardino, Santa Barbara, or San Luis Obispo areas and looking for contract work on the weekends, visit our website, theadvantage.com, for more info and to apply. Creating that brand is about knowing who you are, who you intend to be, and how you want to be perceived. It's about knowing what you stand for and how you communicate the value of what it is that you provide. And so when we're considering how to develop ourselves both both personally and professionally from a branding perspective, you have to ask yourself those questions. Who are you as an athletic trainer? And who do you intend to be? Or where do you want to go with yourself or with your career? Or professionally, where do you think athletic training should be going? And then how do you want that to be perceived by the next person, whether it is an athletic trainer or the outside community? And from that, you start to develop what it is that you communicate on a daily basis in terms of what those values and what the value is of your services. So for example, if you are a high school athletic trainer and you intend to be a high school athletic trainer for the duration of your career, well then by communicating yourself in a way that comes off a little bit uh, chauvinistic or maybe even kind of judgy of another athletic trainer or you are just a little bit kind of have an air of arrogance, I can guarantee you that this is not going to be a positive image by your peers or by those who are interacting with you. Conversely, 
if you demonstrate yourself with humility and willingness to learn and a desire to better your position and thereby bettering the profession. Perhaps you take a stance with other athletic trainers in your district and you guys put together a project of how to offer better services from a community perspective. Well, then this is a very different type of brand that you are creating for yourself. You're showing the willingness to work with others, community efforts, humility, and that juxtaposed to the previous one that I described is going to have people interact with you in a much different way and have a very different idea of who an athletic trainer is, who you are as an athletic trainer, and just their general concept of the athletic training profession. Brand awareness is the ability for the consumer to readily identify the brand with the product. And so, you know, like I said before, if we state, I am an athletic trainer, the other person should automatically know all that comes along with this role. And so, This is where we as a profession are still working to strongly identify ourselves. You know, to an extent, we haven't even solidified brand recognition, let alone awareness. And so coming off of National Athletic Training Month, where we have this sort of peaked idea and relevance in uh, the media and and w- even within our own profession of the awareness aspect, I think that we should keep that momentum going, but rolling it into more of the recognition um, so that we can start to get those people to identify just first and foremost who an athletic trainer is and what they are, and then be able to, uh, you know, speak openly about the value that they provide and more things along that role. I do think that in certain parts of the country, uh, particularly the East Coast and in Texas, um, that athletic training has a better brand recognition and probably even to an extent awareness, but certainly, um, you know, not nationally, definitely there's specific states that don't have it. Uh, California, as an example, where we're still continuously fighting for even just title protection. And to me, that is evidence that the brand recognition isn't there. Because if we have to sit and inform our governor that we require a bachelor's degree, 70% of our profession has a master's degree, and you know the, the various other aspects of, of athletic training, and for his response to continually be, it's not warranted, you don't need title protection, little the less licensure, it just is evidence that we are not where we need to be. Now, contrarily, there's other states that are taking great strides, um, you know, almost to the extent of requiring athletic trainers in every high school and things along those lines. That is a better indicator that the public or at least the uh, legislators have a better idea of who an athletic trainer is, the value they provide, and what 
they think of athletic trainers. And so you can start to kind of look at the actions and reactions of other people to your brand and get a pretty good idea of what it is that they think about who you are and what you are and what you provide. A brand can have various elements such as logos, taglines, fonts, colors, or other unique identifiers. Um, Looking at NATA, they recently changed their logo in 2013 as a result of their workforce group that was actually looking at the necessity of changing our name. Some of you may remember that there was a huge study going on that kind of called to action all of us to participate in what our thoughts are on changing our name or not. Well, the results of that obviously were uh, not to change our name, but the congregation uh, stated pretty loudly that they felt that the previous logo that had the running man on it did not accurately identify us as healthcare practitioners, but rather kind of further confused other people as to our distinction between personal trainers and athletic trainers. According to the NATA, the new logo optimizes the AT portion of the NATA acronym. It incorporated a more caduces type staff to indicate a medical profession. And the blue color was also discovered to be associated with health, healing, and tranquility, and also represented knowledge and power. Interestingly enough, the Vimeo that NATA produced actually has former president Jim Thornton actually stating, this is our brand and we should be proud of it. I want to read to you a portion from the NATA website in discussing the new logo. It says, When we developed our new NATA logo, we made our design decisions based upon building the AT brand. We want everyone to know who athletic trainers are and to understand the service they are providing to physically active people across the country. So we embraced the AT symbol as a visual representation of the overall athletic training brand. And so NATA has done its job by creating a logo that accurately represents us, doing the necessary research in the production of that logo to identify a color and a symbol that we can stand behind. But what are we doing as individual athletic trainers to embody the image that they have developed for us. Just as an example, using the term athletic trainer as opposed to trainer is an example of how we on an individual basis can continue the efforts of what NATA has started for us and make that brand consistent with every single person who interacts with an athletic trainer. 
the NATA actually has an entire nomenclature packet of how to accurately refer to ourselves, how to use different acronyms, and how to appropriately represent ourselves so that we are staying in line with the brand that they have worked so hard to develop and the platform that they have created for us so that we can kind of stay in line and ensure that everybody is working in that united front to create that singular brand image and recognition and awareness. Another example of a company who has phenomenal brand awareness and recognition is Apple. They have taken their brand to a level where when you simply just see that Apple symbol, you automatically associate it with, to a level, prestige. When you see someone using an Apple product you kind of see them as a little bit more forward thinking. Um, Perhaps they are techie or they're willing to kind of be a little bit more on the edge as opposed to some of the other brands that sell computers or technology products. You probably have different images of the people who use those kinds of products. And so even going beyond that, when you look at how Apple advertises their products, um, take for example, the commercial that was airing over the Christmas break of the young boy who was on his phone the entire time that he was with family. And they kept giving him a hard time about always being on his phone. You know, they're opening Christmas gifts, they're sledding in the snow, They're sitting around uh, a dinner table and this kid is always on his phone. Well, we see at the end of the commercial that what he was actually doing was capturing all of these moments via video. And so he compiles it and gets everybody around the television set at the end of the commercial and they all see that what he was actually doing was capturing these moments. And so... In that, what Apple conveys is not the features, not the um, you know product dimension or the kind of gimmicky things that they're trying to sell that come along with their product. What they're doing is they're identifying the emotional aspects of what their product provides to a family in this instance. And by doing that, their brand is starting to be identified more with a family product or with something that emotionally we are more attached to as opposed to just a piece of technology or something that takes us away from spending time with our family. By doing this, they elicit an emotional response when you see an Apple product. And as a result of that, you're willing to spend a little bit more money, you're willing to wait a little bit more time, and you're actually willing to defend that product if someone was ever to make a comment about it because it, as a result, emotionally affects you. And so, From a branding perspective, Apple has taken a leap beyond just the what 
of their of their product and their company or the how and they've started to tap into the why, why people use their products, why their products differentiate from others. And just generally speaking, why Apple is not just a tech company. And from that perspective of a brand, you start to get a little bit of that cult following where people won't use any product outside of an Apple one because they feel so emotionally attached to what it is that they're using. They don't just see it as a computer or as a phone. It is an extension and a representation of who they are as a person. From a branding perspective, that is like the holy grail of what you want from your customers and from your audience. I mean, just imagine if a school or any organization started to identify themselves as a certain type or level of entity based on whether they provided an athletic trainer or not. I mean, just imagine if, you know, one school looked at another school and said, oh, well, we have an athletic trainer and you don't. So you must be below us or you must, you know, not care or not have a a level of emotional attachment to your students or to your athletes, but we do. And for that reason, we provide an athletic trainer. I mean, just imagine the precedence that would be set in terms of providing care for these athletes if that's what was conjured up when someone thought of having an athletic trainer versus not having an athletic trainer. I think that we would have reached our pinnacle of brand recognition and awareness if we could actually get to that point. You know, at Advantage, there are certain things that a client can come to expect by doing business with us. Dependable service and athletic trainers, professional athletic trainers who conduct themselves appropriately, fully verified and insured workers, a platform for secure injury documentation, and a documented emergency action plan. These are all things that you you have to continually do the same thing over and over again to cement into their minds who you are, who you intend to be, and how you want to be perceived. It is so much more about the actions that we take than the words that we speak. I found a great article on entrepreneur.com that asks four simple questions, um, you know, when it comes to your personal branding. Uh, One, what is your professional purpose? What gets you out of bed in the morning besides just needing to make a paycheck? And why, why are you doing what you're doing? Two, Where do you want to be in three years? This should help you define kind of where you're at now and where you want to go and what impact that is going to have on your personal brand. Three, what do I want to be known for? 
this is, you know, really important to identify. It's not just about who you are and who you want to be and where you want to go, but also very clearly identifying where you don't want to be in order to keep you on track. And so knowing not only who you are, but also what you want to be known for and what you don't want to be known for are important to clarify and identify for yourself. And then four, who are my heroes and mentors? Um, You know, pinpoint what it is about those that you admire and that you cherish and what are those qualities that you identify most with and that you want to strive to achieve for yourself. I know me personally, that person is Julie Max, our first female president of the NATA. She was my program director, or I'm sorry, head athletic trainer at Cal State Fullerton during my master's. And she embodies both humility and humor in ways that, you know, I I could only hope to achieve in my lifetime. So looking at those four questions and, and trying to start to identify for yourself, what is your own personal brand? Perhaps you are a conservative athletic trainer who relies on trusted and true methods and really stick to a, you know, conservative return to play and are are very strict with that. Or maybe you're sort of an out-of-the-box athletic trainer who is willing to use a little bit more of speculative research as an opportunity to potentially get someone back quicker or with a little bit less pain. You know, whatever it is that defines you in how you practice athletic training, that is part of your personal brand. For example, myself, I am an athletic trainer who is also a business owner. That is part of what defines me and understanding where I want to go with that personally and professionally is all going to be part of how I portray myself and how I am perceived by others as my own unique type of athletic trainer. I recently had the pleasure of meeting some other ATs who are podcasting, so if you're looking to expand your podcast listening, here's a couple I can recommend. Sports Medicine Broadcast focuses on everything sports medicine related. It can be found on iTunes or sportsmedicinebroadcast.com. AT Podcast interviews athletic trainers from all over the country. It can be found on iTunes and SoundCloud. And SportsMed Res looks at all the research coming out and gives us takeaways. It can be found at sportsmedres.org. So we have to decide both professionally and personally who we want to be and how we want to be understood. NATA has taken the charge on this, giving us a foundation to build on. But now it's our turn to be the everyday face of that brand. We are the ones who get to interact with the consumer and either solidify or change their minds about what they thought an athletic trainer was. I encourage you to take a few moments to determine what you want your personal and professional brand to be. What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? 
And how will you convey that in a way that is effectively communicated in all that you do? Take that a step further and define a few sentences that you could quickly and easily say about yourself and who your brand is if asked. The better you get at defining who you are, what you want to be, and how you want to be perceived, the stronger we will all get in representing ourselves as a recognizable brand. Thank you for listening. If you learned something on this podcast, please share it with a colleague. We could all benefit from better understanding branding and how it applies to us. On our next podcast, we will be discussing marketing. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Snapchat at The Advantage. If you have questions regarding what we have spoken about here, use the hashtag Q&AT or show us how you're practicing brand recognition with the hashtag That's Business. Thank you to Mr. Logistics for the music that you've heard throughout the podcast.